At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus It's time for Rush Hour with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. What's up and welcome in. I'm Danny, no, Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Danny Burke here on Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. Good show on tap today. We continue the trend here on Danny's show of previewing NFL teams coming up in about 10 minutes from now. Mel Egger on Cincinnati does work for their ESPN affiliate is going to join us as we discuss everything Cincinnati Bengals today. And our first little block is we look ahead to a season that has a lot of intrigue. A lot of it wrapped around Joe Burrow and how comfortable he's going to be. But NFL preview today is of the Cincinnati Bengals and some really intriguing races in Major League Baseball as well in terms of two divisions that have really caught my eye. Uh, but let's start with Major League Baseball because we do have a couple of games that are set to start here in the next 10 minutes or so. So we give you some closing odds, some insight on what is happening around the diamond. First up, Atlanta and Miami. Let's start here. This one gets started in about 10 minutes in a big series because remember, the Atlanta Braves are all of a sudden red hot and they cannot stop. They look to continue their white run they sweep the Washington Nationals over the weekend they won three straight six to seven they're ten and two in their last 12 and now Tucson is charged with keeping it going and very well could uh, right now you're looking at a price tag of about a dollar 67 over at Bet Rivers this opened up as about a dollar 55 so given the fact that this Braves team has been playing very well it's not surprising to see the market move in that direction and when you look at Tucson what he's done lately his last two against Cincinnati and St. Louis 10 in the third nine hits five walks Four in runs and two homers over those two starts. Eight strikeouts, really solid. But also keep in mind, there's a couple of things. One, uh, the Miami Marlins themselves have been playing some relatively solid baseball as of late. Uh, this is a team that 
as of this point right now, as you look at what they have done lately, the Marlins, Winners of four straight coming into today. The pitching, of course, one of their strengths. And tonight, uh, they will roll out Braxton Garrett. So we'll see if Toussaint and the Braves can keep this going. The power has been absolutely dynamic for them as of late as well. Uh, Balls flying out of the park. Guys like Dansby Swanson have really turned things around from a power perspective. But it is not surprising to see that the market has been in favor of the Atlanta Braves, given how well they have played. And this one's set to start in about eight minutes from now. Also on the board coming up in the next 10 minutes, Chicago on the road. That would be the Cubs taking on the Cincinnati Reds. And again, another massive series here because the Cincinnati Reds find themselves just two and a half games back out of that second wild card spot. The Padres, who have been scuffling for a little bit, and Tatis finally comes back over the weekend. But they get a big series, Cincinnati does, in Philadelphia. Reds, now looking for that wild card spot, send out one Wade Miley, who in his last four starts have not been great. And we see a market move here as well. Opened up a $2 favor in favor of the Cincinnati Reds. Now upwards of minus 210. And we'll get to Chicago in a second because things have not gone well for the Chicago Cubs. But for Miley, last four games, 424 ERA, a 557. Expected fielding independent for Miley over his last four starts. And that's 23 and a third innings of work. And this has been a problem with a guy like Miley. It's one guy that I have had trouble putting my finger on as a baseball handicapper. A guy who pitches the contact. Generally, when you look at those advanced analytics, they tend to be a little bit out of whack with a pitcher like Miley because, you know, pitching the contact, giving up hard contact, getting your defense involved tends to inflate numbers like that FIP or XFIP. Uh, but he has not been good. His command has been awful. 13 free runners allowed over these four starts. And because he's not a massive strikeout guy, because strikeouts, you can at least balance walks with a lot of strikeouts, and that's not Miley's game. And all that has come together for him in this massive slump that he's been in over the last four starts. And on the other end, by the way, you get Steele, who's making his second start of the season, spent some time in AAA getting stretched out by the Cubs. But regardless, this is not surprising, given the fact that the Cubs have now lost, what, 11 consecutive games. Their bullpen has been taxed for multiple blowouts as well. It's not surprising to see that this Reds team, who has a lot to play for here, is going to be, of course, fighting for something, and the market is all over them. We should note, too, by the way, uh, for the Cincinnati Reds, a little bit of an injury concern with their lineup. Jesse Winker, of course, not going to be out there. And then finally, you get Anaheim and New York getting started in the next uh, couple of minutes as well. Yankees open up as a $2.40 favorite. Now you're looking at, uh, I think, the same range, plus two, uh, plus 195 in that range, if you look at it uh, on the Angels in the open. But now up to minus 295 over at Bet Rivers, plus 240 on the other end. Angels have been floundering. They're 3-6 and six in their last nine games. 1-3 and three in Suarez's his last four starts. And there is something to Suarez that might be regressing to the mean here a little bit because while he's got a 675 ERA over his last four outings, 390 expected fielding independent tells you that something's coming back here, and he has just been getting really unlucky. When your strand rate is under 40%, it's a little bit of a sign that there's going to be some positive regression at some point. But regardless, Yankees, Cole making his first start off of the COVID list, so we'll see if there's any bit of rust here because we haven't seen him for a little bit. And the last time we saw him at the end of July, seven earned runs, six hit to the Rays in Tampa. So it's not surprising given the fact that the Angels have not been playing extremely well up to this point and the fact that Suarez has not been pitching well but we're talking about plus 240, plus 230, especially like a 230 in the first five here for the Angels with some positive regression. There might be something to look at there with Anaheim. So it'll be interesting to see what the result will be there. It is Rush Hour, show presented, of course, by Bet Rivers. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Danny Burke, coming up by Mo Egger uh, from Cincinnati. The ESPN affiliate out there is going to join us to preview the Cincinnati Bengals. And, and speaking of the Bengals, look, they're a really fascinating team. Uh, when you look, I think, at everything, right? Joe Burrow, before his gruesome injury a season ago, uh, looked very dynamic, looked really good. Every part, I think, of the first overall pick. We know about the weaknesses, though, for the Cincinnati Bengals, right? In the offensive line, I can't wait to talk to Mo, pick his brain, because I, I was very fond of the, the tact that the Bengals took in the NFL draft, which was, you know what? 
we can get offensive linemen late in the draft. We added some bodies in the free agency period. Let's address and add another weapon to this wide receiving core that does have some intriguing pieces to it, as long as Joe Burrow is going to be comfortable. And there's a sneaky aspect of this defense. I'm going to pick Mo's brain on as well, because there is something I think to like about the Cincinnati defense. And I think it's on the back end too. But Mo Eggers with us, ESPN 1530 out in Cincinnati. Nice enough to give us some time today. So Mo, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate it. So this is where I kind of wanted to start. You have to, right? I wanted to be like this big brain dude, but like, I'm not going to start with the quarterback. Let's start with the other topics, but you have to start with Joe Burrow. So what are we thinking with Joe Burrow? What has camp been like with him as he makes his way back from this injury? Because you read some of the reports, it, it less than stellar, doesn't seem really comfortable on the knee, and how could you after a gruesome injury? Uh, but what has been your takeaway from the early camp portion here for Joe Burrow? I think if, if, if you kind of divide the time since camp started in half, the first half of it would be all about him struggling. And, and by his own admission, I mean, he was missing receivers. He wasn't comfortable uh, and physically fine. D- didn't look like he was favoring his knee. Didn't look like he was, you know, dealing with any sort of physical discomfort by his own admission. You know, he just said, look, I got to clear some mental hurdles here. I need to get out there a little bit more. I want to face another team. I want to play in the preseason. Since he said that, he obviously didn't play uh, against Tampa Bay on Saturday night, but since then, He's been fine in practice. Uh, t- today, he and Jamar Chase might have had their best day together. He's looked more like the Joe Burrow that we saw for those first 10 games. Now, he's not going to play this Friday against Washington. My guess is he gets on the field a little bit in the third game against uh, Miami. But everything is still trending towards him being good to go on September the 12th, both from a physical standpoint and I think just based on the way he's played in practice since you know he kind of acknowledged what had been going on the first week or so, I think from a mental standpoint, everybody is really comfortable with where Joe Burrow is right now. Yeah, and you kind of alluded to it there. I figured reading some of the reports and just, you know, thinking that if I had my knee taken out in the way that he did, it would probably just be getting used to being, like, getting used to pressure again, right? Like, feeling people around your feet. I think I read a report the other day that he's kind of been working on that with, uh, you know, after practices, just getting used to bodies around his legs, correct? Yeah, and and that's that's exactly what he talked about. I, I need I want to I want traffic. I want a collapsing pocket. I want to have to be able to escape. It's not so much necessarily getting hit, right? It's it's feeling comfortable when pressure's coming, you know, both in his face and and also from from the side. And and I I think they've they've almost gone overboard in in trying to at least make him less comfortable, making making him have to to move around a little bit, even when he's doing normal throwing drills. So. Uh, Again, you know, we didn't get a chance to watch him on on Saturday, and it would have been nice to be able to see all of this put into practice in, in full view of, you know, cameras and everything. But but by and large, I think since that admission that look, I'm not where I want to be mentally, but I am where I am physically, and I'm pretty happy with that. Since then, I feel like he's made progress at least from from the part that folks can watch uh, during practice. So the natural jumping off point from there is the assessment of the <laughs> offensive line, right? You know, I mentioned you know adding a couple of veteran bodies in, in the off season, uh, going the route of Jamar Chase over a top flight offensive lineman in the draft and then going in the back end and trying to add some guys. We'll get to those specific guys as well. But what is your early assessment of this offensive line at this point? Very much a work in progress. Yep. Uh, I think this team's going to be okay at the tackle spot. I think Jonah Williams, you know, look, th- th- there's a reason why they used the 11th overall pick on him in 2019. They thought he was the best offensive lineman in the class. Had he not gotten injured during OTAs that first season, he was going to be their starting left tackle. I think they're comfortable with that. They signed Riley Reeves to play right tackle. I think a significant upgrade from Bobby Hart. 
frankly, I think my refrigerator would be a significant upgrade from Bobby Hart, so that's not saying much. But I, I think I think at the tackle spots, they're going to be okay. I think when Trey Hopkins comes back, and he's their starting center, and he got injured at, in week 17, uh, tore up his knee, things are progressing towards him being able to play week one. I think when he's back, you're going to be pretty comfortable with where they are at center. The guard position, though, uh, is a huge question mark. At one spot, they're going to play Quentin Spain. You know, chances are, realistically, you can do better than him. The right spot is, you know, it's it's Michael Jordan, who was the guy that blew the block when Joe Burrow got injured last year against Washington. It's Xavier Suofilo, who seems to be clinging to life in the NFL right now. And it's their second-round pick, Jackson Carmen, who's the offensive lineman they took in round two, so they could take Jamar Chase in round one. I think it would be fair to categorize his camp to this point as a bit of a disappointment. It doesn't mean that he can't be a productive pro, but look, he's third on the depth chart right now. And he's third on the depth chart behind a guy that wasn't very good last year. Another guy that, again, I'm not sure if Xavier Suofilo gets cut, another team takes him. Um, I don't think Jackson was in the best shape. I thought in the preseason game he did okay. But you're being fair if you're wondering, you know, here we are. This was the position they had to fix this offseason, whether it be via free agency or in the draft. And we spent time today wondering, you know, is the starting right guard for this team going to be somebody they grab after cutdown day who gets let go by another team? That that wasn't the plan when this offseason started. And so I think you're being very fair if, if you wonder, at least for the short term, um, can this team reach its full potential? And are they doing everything they can to protect Joe Burrow when things are as kind of uncertain as they are right now at right guard? So you mentioned Jackson Carmen, and that's kind of a topic I wanted to pick your brain on because I was kind of in agreement with the camp of, look, go get what you believe could be a, a transcendent offensive talent in a Jamar Chase, and just like many teams in the NFL, address your offensive line in the later rounds. And they go in the second round and get Carmen. You mentioned you know, multiple reports <clears throat> that stated he's kind of struggled. I think there's a guy on the roster, too, Dante Smith, who seems to be rising uh, as well, it seems. But what, where, where did you stand on the Bengals and the way they address this, going offensive, or excuse me, foregoing offensive line, going with Chase, and, and kind of going here? Because I feel like it's tied to Carmen, right? Like if Carmen is going to struggle, if he's not going to pan out, then this plan fails. And you can look at the Bengals and go, what are you doing with a quarterback that seems to have a really high ceiling, but is coming off of an injury like this with an offensive line like this in front of them? Yeah, I, I think you and I were on the same page, and, and I, I was on the same page as the Bengals. I, I certainly understood what they were looking for with Jamar Chase, which was explosiveness, right? As good as Joe Burrow was during his rookie season, and as talented as the Bengals are at wide receiver, they still lacked explosion. They still lacked a downfield threat. They thought and still believe that Jamar Chase can solve that. And, and by the way, I'm in agreement with him. But you were willing to bypass the opportunity to take Panay Sewell in the draft because you like the depth on the offensive line in this draft. And so, okay, if you go wide receiver round one, there's going to be any number of guys that you can take in round two. But remember, the Bengals traded down in round two. So, you know, it wasn't like uh, they bypassed Sewell at five and then, you know, at the first chance they got, took the guy they thought was the best offensive lineman. They traded down to 46, took Jackson Carmen. Uh, the idea was they were going to convert him from tackle to guard in the short term and then probably move him back to tackle at some point. And, look, it may work. You know, it, you don't want to pass judgment after one preseason game. But at the same time, the philosophy, I don't think there's anybody who followed this draft process who doesn't believe that Jamar Chase has a chance to be really good. It wasn't about the player you took. 
It was about the player you chose not to take because you thought there were other guys who played the same position that you could plug in. And right now, again, Jackson Carmen's third on the depth chart behind a couple of guys who aren't very good. So, you know, if you look at it from that standpoint and you're going to go out there week one and you don't have Panay Sewell because you didn't draft him and you're not using the offensive lineman that you thought you could get and so you didn't take Panay Sewell, I think at that point it's, yeah, you're being reasonable if you wonder, okay, wait a minute, wouldn't it have been better if they took the offensive lineman with the fifth overall pick and addressed the wide receiver elsewhere? Wouldn't it be better to get the lineman, the first lineman you took in the draft, on the field and Penesel is going to be on the field week one. I don't know if Jackson Carmen will be. So, and all of this leads up to this because I actually really like the pieces on this Bengals offense. You can tell me if I'm crazy, but like if Joe Burrow finds his comfort level behind this offensive line, uh, Jamar Chase, who looked dynamic in his one catch for 16 yards in week one, uh, but T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, solid pass catchers, obviously Joe Mixon. Am I wrong to think that I actually kind of like the skill position and the offense and this relative ceiling that this team has if this offensive line like creeps to average at least in front of Burrow? Yeah, I'm, I could not agree more. I, I, I think if this offensive line is merely competent and they have a chance, at least offensively, to be pretty good because Tyler Boyd is as good of a sort of slot number two wide receiver as you'll find in this league. T. T. Higgins obviously had a very promising rookie season. Uh, they need a bounce back year from Joe Mixon, both in terms of him staying healthy but, but also being more productive because when he was healthy last year, by his own admission, he didn't play very well. But Joe Mixon's a talented guy. And and still, you know, really just kind of entering his prime. We talked about Jamar Chase. That that's a pretty good quartet of weapons to surround a a promising quarterback with. It, it all comes down to you know, can they block for him? And and look, it, it, it's not like the Bengals' offensive line was good in 2019 and suddenly fell off a cliff in 2020. This team up front's been bad for a while, and so I think there is a huge, you know, what I'll believe it when I see it dimension here, right? Like the, the same people who couldn't draft successfully on the offensive line 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Suddenly we're going to trust them to know what they're doing at that position group in 2021. But again, I do think at the tackle spots, they're going to be better. I think at center, they're going to be okay. Who knows about the guard spots? And that, that to me is the big question about this offense right now. So let's go to the other side of this. Defensively, this team relatively weak in the front seven. One of the worst teams in the league against the run. What has changed in the offseason with that front seven? Uh, Trey Hendrickson is in. Carl Lawson is out. Uh, I don't know if that is a major step forward, but, you know, look, this team's pass rush last season as a whole was non-existent. Uh, Carl Lawson was their best guy at getting to the quarterback. Uh, they replaced him effectively in free agency with Trey Hendrickson, who had a really good year last year in New Orleans. Now, if you kind of do a deep dive into the statistical output of Trey Hendrickson, you saw a guy who was on a good defense. You saw a guy who piled up some coverage sacks, but still, you know, he can get to the quarterback. I think what you're hoping for is that this team is better on the interior of the defensive line. They brought in Larry Ogunjobi from the Cleveland Browns, who's an interesting player because if you just – if you took his best 40 snaps from last year, you would think this guy is an absolute monster. The problem is you don't get enough of it. At the same time, at this stage in his career, probably better than Geno Atkins. I think they believe the interior of that defensive line is going to be better with a healthy DJ Reader, a healthy Mike Daniels, and Larry Ogunjobi. I think the other name you should pay attention to is a kid by the name of Joseph Osai, who they drafted in the third round this year, and on Saturday night was mostly unblockable. Had five quarterback pressures, made a great play against the run, 
Unfortunately, he banged up his wrist late in the game, and so it's 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 kind of up in the air if he's going to be able to go week one. But I think he's a guy they're counting on to make a big impact this year. I think in, in the on the on the defensive line they expect to be better, but chances are they're not going to be great. And I think that theme kind of repeats itself if you look up and down this defense. Yep. Osai, by the way, one report indicating that there were no broken bones in the wrist, so that's a pretty good sign because Osai was absolutely fantastic in the action we saw him. And one of the thing, the sneaky thing about this defense that I wanted to ask you about that I had mentioned, by PFF standards, and it's one outlet, this was actually top 10 secondary in terms of their coverage grade. Is that the best part of this defense? Uh, it might be. I, I think top 10 might be a little bit of a stretch because, yeah. you know, let's face it, the, the Jesse Bates, their safety, is great. He is their best overall player either side of the ball. Joe Burrow at some point is probably going to change that, but if you're looking for a star on this team, he's the guy. The rest of the secondary, there's there's a lot of dudes who when you watch the NFL this year, you're going to go, oh, wait a minute, that guy's in Cincinnati? Or, oh, that dude's still in the league. <laughs> uh, Trey Wayne, Mike Hilton, uh, Eli Apple. Uh, players who have had... You know, we're talking about former first-round picks, guys who have been successful elsewhere. But nobody who was here last year, Trey Waynes didn't play at all last season. I think there's potential. But I don't know who the guy is that's going to shut down another team's best receiver. I don't know that that you, you look at anybody in that in that secondary aside from Jesse Bates. I don't know that you're looking at anybody on the outside going, you know what, well, we got to figure out a way to keep that guy from ruining what we're trying to do on offense. Uh, there's potential there. But uh, there's also a lot of unknowns. There's also a lot of questions. So I would I would stop shy of calling that a top ten unit. Jesse Bates is a, easily a top ten safety. Heck, he's probably a top three safety. But top ten in coverage, I think to a degree, might be a stretch. Mo Egger, ESPN fifteen thirty in Cincinnati. All right, man, we'll get you out of here on this win total six and a half, shaded to the under. One of the harder schedules in the National Football League by for opponent forecasted win total. How many wins Cincinnati Bengals getting? Seven or more, or six or less? I think they're a seven-win team. Uh, I think this team, they got to get off to a quick start because the schedule is an absolute load late. They're obviously in a difficult division, but I think Burrow and the weapons they have are going to be good enough to get to uh, to seven wins. I have a hard time thinking they get that many more, and if it's significantly less, this franchise has problems. Yep. Mo, I appreciate the time as always. You do a great job, man. Thank you very much. You got it, man. Thanks. Yep, you got it. Uh, and to Mo's point, when you're talking about getting off to a hot start here for the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, their schedule early on is manageable, right? You open up the year at home against the Minnesota Vikings, but then you're talking about road game against the Bears and the Steelers before you come back home against the Jags. The end of this schedule, though, uh, which is absolutely a monster when you look at the rest of the year. How about this? They're from week 12 on. The Steelers, the Chargers, 49ers, all at home. You come back for the Broncos, you, or you go on the road for the Broncos, come back home for the Ravens and the Chiefs before you end the year against the Cleveland Browns. So there is a you know small chance when you're talking, especially about those last five weeks of the season for the Cincinnati Bengals, that we're talking about a goose egg, just given where those other teams are, potentially, especially those last three weeks, man. Ravens, Chiefs, and Browns, who could all be competing for a top seed in the AFC at that point of the year. But I think from an offensive standpoint, the floor, I think, is actually pretty high. Yes, the floor, not the ceiling, but the floor. And the high is obviously that ceiling if they reach it. But you've got to get adequate line play. And that's the biggest question for the Cincinnati Bengals as you move forward. All right, we have plenty left to get to. Uh, you know, I'm here in place of Danny Burke, so I'll steal five minutes for the NBA. But a relatively big trade in an undervalued team, yes, in Los Angeles. Are the Clippers really going to be forking with 500 next year? I really don't think so, even without Kawhi Leonard. We'll give you details on the other side.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the largest offer of live in-play options. Bet River Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting and to make your experience even more rewarding. BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only a one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Got to be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. Iowa, call one 800 Bets off. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Danny Burke here on Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. So, you did get some news over the weekend. You know, Summer League is underway still, of course, uh, but the league is moving and shaking, considering that actually uh, we are, what, a month and a half away, two months, we'll call it, uh, from the season starting again in the association. So, quick, 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 but there are a lot of moves still being made and moves of impact, one of which happened over the weekend is the Los Angeles Clippers. Traded Patrick Beverly, Rajon Rondo, and Daniel Oturu to the Memphis Grizzlies for Eric Bledsoe. Now, initially, that doesn't really move much, and you're not going to see an adjustment on the odds for a trade like this, right? This is a little bit more hardcore, and you have to figure out what exactly this does for a team 
like the Los Angeles Clippers. If you look at their profile in terms of what's on the board to win the finals, a team's 25 to 1. Western Conference, 12 to 1. Make the postseason a very heavy favorite at minus 435. And to miss the postseason coming back on the other way, we're talking about 3 to 1 for this Los Angeles Clippers team. Other spots, we talk about win totals of about 44.5 here for LA. This is clearly a money move, right? This is $18 million of relief in terms of the tax. So, or excuse me, $8.3 million in terms of traded player exception that they'll have a year to use. It saves them $30 million in luxury tax. So it helps them out when it comes to cap implications. But we also have to realize, because there was some pushback of Patrick Beverly, you got to realize a couple of things here. One, Rajon Rondo couldn't find his way onto the floor at the end of the year for the Los Angeles Clippers until bodies started falling in that Western Conference Final Series. And Patrick Beverly, while he was very impactful in that Utah Jazz series, also couldn't find the floor and was benched in the middle of that Dallas Mavericks series. So you're flipping these two guys for Eric Bledsoe. Well, I get it. Eric Bledsoe was actually the brunt of a lot of jokes when we were talking about Drew Holiday not performing very well in the postseason, right? And making the jokes that, hey, I thought we got rid of him. Uh, but at the same time, Bledsoe as a fourth-ish option, if you're a ball handler outside of Paul George, because remember, Paul George was this team's full point guard last year, it makes sense for a lot of reasons for the Clippers to make this move. And so now you're talking about a Clippers team that largely is running it back, right, outside of Kawhi Leonard being injured. When you're talking about the depth, Reggie Jackson coming back, as well as Paul George, you're talking about across the board, this team having some pieces to work with and really sneaky acquisitions of like a Justice Winslow type if he's going to be healthy. So when you look at this team overall, I don't think Kawhi Leonard is going to play this year. The tea leaves kind of like seem to think that, you know, Kawhi's probably going to take the year off. But if we're talking about a team in a Western Conference that, remember, is not going to have Jamal Murray until probably about February, if not later, a Utah Jazz team that is mostly running it back, a Mavericks team that is running it back as well, this is a Western Conference that is very open. It's actually why the Lakers, in my opinion, are the favorites to win the West just because of everything else that is around them. And there's still no denying the fact that the Lakers are a worse team defensively when you look at the bodies they have acquired from Wade Ellington, right, to Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook. He's not a good defender. Uh, I don't know if you think that, but he's not. So, like, there's this wide-open nature of the Western Conference where if you're looking at Paul George and the Los Angeles Clippers, if you're getting a well-over majority of Paul George in terms of games played, this is still a team that can win 46, 47, 50 games in a Western Conference that is a little bit watered down and relatively even. So I, I'm really fascinated by the association as we kind of move forward into the year, especially a team like the West. I, on the other side, right, the Memphis Grizzlies, who if you look at them and what they've been able to do, overall this is just a team that is brilliant at building up from the draft and young bodies. But if you look at what they have done from the perspective of John Morant, Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, Jaron Jackson, and Steven Adams, it's a very solid starting five. Remember, Jaron Jackson was dealing with a knee injury, recovering from that and making his way back from it for a majority of the year. It's quality depth overall. And now you're talking about a plus price on this Memphis team that has created a little bit of magic here in the post in the offseason, I should put it that way, right? To make the playoffs, plus 150. To miss the playoffs favorite at $1.95. To win the finals, 80-1. to And to win the Western Conference, 40-1. to we're talking about winning big things like that, I'm not entirely sure I'm down with that. But if you're talking about this team making it to the postseason by either winning play-in games, think about the teams that are going to be around them in that regard too, right? We're talking about a New Orleans Pelicans team that I don't think has made any strides in terms of improving that squad in any way whatsoever. This Memphis Grizzlies team has a lot to work with as well. And there's an argument to be made that uh, 
they have made some solid moves to at least strengthen their foothold right there in competition for the eighth seed and could potentially move up a little bit just given the fact that the teams around them, namely a team like the Pelicans, has not gotten any better and you can argue maybe got just a tad bit worse than the Austin. All right, with that, we are all done with the association. On the other side, the, the, the preseason, it's a fascinating handicap, right? Because analytics and numbers, I love them. Those are more important in the regular season. But when you talk about the preseason, uh, it's a lot more subjective. We'll discuss that because these quarterback battles, the market loves them, and we'll tell you why. preseason is kicked off it's the perfect way for you to huddle up with the beast in pro football betting guide cozy up by the fire well i mean it's kind of hot so you don't want to do that our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings plus best bets on season win totals division finishes and player awards the guide is only 20 bucks discounts are available when you buy both the nfl and college guide reserve your copy or sign up for visa and all access and get everything we offer for the entire football season sign up now at decent.com slash subscribe. I will tell you this, give you a tidbit on the NFL guide. I wrote for it. AFC North. Uh, no, yes. AFC North and AFC East were my two assignments. I did include one long shot and the number has moved, uh, but there's still some pretty media out, uh, numbers out there. A Damian Harris of the New England Patriots to lead the league in rushing at 100 to 1 over at certain shops now, pretty much everywhere at about 75 to 1. Shortest is about 65 to 1 over at Bet Rivers. Uh, watch out for Damian Harris. It's a really good offensive line in front of him. Now, the two tight end acquisitions for the Patriots, both a little dinged up here in camp, so we'll see if John Smith and Hunter Henry are going to be fine as we get into the postseason or the regular season. But regardless, watch out for Damian Harris. He's got a big season ahead of him for the New England Patriots. With that, let's talk about the National Football League preseason. It's always a fascinating handicap to me. Love the NFL preseason, not watching it. It's terrible to watch. Uh, but. When you're talking about handicapping it, it's actually quite a bit of fun, right? Because it's so subjective. You can talk about information and guys are going to be available and the starters are going to play and how long they're going to play for. And a lot of that information moves lines. In football, outside of the openers, right, that are posted during the week in college football, you'll never really see lines move because the NFL is such a well-handicapped sport. Power ratings are everywhere. Numbers are generally pretty tight. But in the National Football League preseason, you will see massive swings. And case in point, right, we can take a look at some of the ones that we have here, and these are all tied to quarterback battles, right? Because in the preseason, when you have teams that don't have a quarterback position settled, you're going to see two relatively talented guys play deep into postseason games, uh, but you're also going to see important other things, right? For example, you will see starting offensive lines play a little bit longer to give each quarterback a little bit more like equal opportunity, right? If you're having a quarterback battle, it is not fair to put one quarterback behind the second string offensive line, but then give the one the other quarterback the starting offensive line, right? You want to give them an, as much of an equal opportunity as possible in a game situation. So you see some of these moves, for example, on the screen. Broncos at Vikings. This is what I'm talking about. Minnesota opens, this, opens up as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. 
all indications are there's no separation between Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater that you might get an inkling of some of these offensive linemen playing late into this game. So what happens? Minnesota goes from a one-and-a-half point favorite to a two-and-a-half point underdog at the close. Denver ends up winning that game 33-6, to and you go through and you realize that, hey, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater actually performed very well. But Drew Locke, 5 of 7, 151 yards, two touchdowns. Bridgewater himself, 7 of 8, 74, and a touchdown. And it's not so much about the result, but it's about the information and realizing that as you move forward. So, for example, this Denver team, I think, is now power rated for a preseason team relatively highly. And then you see the opener for this coming weekend of NFL preseason action. And sure enough, Denver opens as a six-point favorite against the Seattle Seahawks on the road, but there is really no home field advantage in the preseason. So minus six at the open. The initial move on the market was to five and a half there. But now at Bed Rivers, looking at six and a half with a total of 37 and a half. But this is what you're going to see with a team like the Broncos, right? And this is twofold because we'll get to the Seahawks side of things in a second. But the Broncos have a quarterback battle. If you look at the time in terms of playing between these two quarterbacks, Brett Rippon, the third-string quarterback, didn't take his first snap until 2.09 left to go in the third quarter of the Broncos' first game of Week 1. So if there's no separation, as Fangio is telling us, you can kind of expect a similar workload for both of these guys in this next preseason contest. So you're going to get a majority of this game, it seems like, with Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke as your starting quarterback. It's a pretty good edge in the preseason. On the other end, the Seattle Seahawks, Unknown whether or not Russell Wilson is going to play. It seems very unlikely that he's going to, and even if he does, it's going to be very minimal because this has been about getting Russell Wilson healthy and ready for the regular season. Not that he's really dealing with anything. But the other part of this is Geno Smith lost to a concussion in the Seahawks' loss to the Raiders this past week. So now we're talking about a Seahawks team whose quarterback rotation could include maybe one series, if anything, from Russell Wilson, potentially no Geno Smith because you're not rushing anybody back from a concussion to get into a preseason game, and then – Alex McGuffin, Sean Mannion. It's not a great quarterback rotation. Quarterback depth chart's obviously very important when you're talking about it. So I think both of those things, right? Quarterback t- competition for the Denver Broncos and a quarterback injury to that depth chart for the Seattle Seahawks leads you to a six-and-a-half-point spread for the Denver Broncos on the road against the Seattle Seahawks. But going back to the whole vibe with quarterback competitions, you'll note as we show you these lines that the line has moved, at least this past week, in the direction of the team that has the quarterback competition each and every time. So we talk about Denver. Broncos open up a one-and-a-half-point underdog, closes a two-and-a-half-point favorite, win that game 33-6. to six. How about the Saints, who have a quarterback competition? Jameis Winston, right? Taysom Hill, both in the throw interception. Jameis, I thought, looked pretty solid, but again, I am not the best person to talk to because I think Jameis Winston is really high ceiling as an NFL quarterback. But regardless, this is what we're talking about. Baltimore opens up a two-and-a-half-point favorite, closes as a one-point favorite, and yes, Baltimore wins, but the market moves in the direction of the team that has the quarterback battle. Browns at Jags. How about that? Cleveland, a three-and-a-half-point favorite at the Open. And we can quibble about, hey, Urban Meyer's not really having a quarterback battle. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence's gig. He's been pretty stubborn in saying that it's not given to Trevor Lawrence. So we'll consider this a quarterback battle. Regardless, three-and-a-half all the way to Jacksonville minus four. Now Cleveland ends up winning 23-13, to but that moves heavily in favor of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then Panthers at Colts. Colts open up as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Colts close as a three-point favorite, ultimately get a win 21-18. to Now, they had to score 11 consecutive points at the end of that game. But again, you're talking about a team that played first-half Jacob Eason, second-half Sam Ellinger, two higher-level quarterbacks that you're going to see in a preseason setting. And thus, right, because you want to see the most out of them, you've got a little bit of a better result from the Indianapolis Colts in that regard. So it'll be fascinating as we move forward here. We talked about one already, Denver minus six with a total of 37 at Seattle. How about Indianapolis, who's going to hit the road against Minnesota? This opened as a pick, 37 and a half. 
Game one for Minnesota, there was an initial report that starters would see minimal time. Ultimately, they don't see any. But now the Vikings are a two-and-a-half-point favorite here over the Indianapolis Colts with a total of 36-and-a-half. I tend to think that the Colts are going to be a better preseason team just given the competition that they have between Eason and, of course, um, Sam Ellinger. But the market moving in the direction of the Minnesota Vikings. And then you get two teams playing one another in the second week of the preseason that have a quarterback competition going on. Jacksonville on the road against New Orleans. The Saints open up as a four-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 37-and-a-half. And again, if you're looking at this and you're going, well, what's the point? Uh, the four times that we saw these t- teams with quarterback battles, sure, the market moved in their direction, uh, but only two of them covered. The result's not the point of this conversation, though. The point is, is that in the preseason, the market does have a tendency to look at these quarterback battles because you get other things on top of it, especially more importantly, wide receivers, offensive linemen playing a little bit deeper into some of these games. So while you have two teams facing one another, and we already see the hook disappear and the Jags now catching four in this game against the New Orleans Saints, we only have three weeks of the preseason, but more often than not, you're going to see as you move forward in the preseason, and maybe there's only going to be one game in the future, but the market likes these quarterback battles because you get other things that come with it. On top of relatively decent quarterback play deep into these games, you get some skill position guys, and you get some starters along the offensive line that'll help you in that regard, and play all four of those games, moved in the direction of the team with a quarterback battle. On the other side, man, this team's a contender in Major League Baseball, but they've got a losing record against the winning teams. What's going to happen? At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. 
He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You think I need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Out of all the odds with Bet Rivers, daily hometown discounts on boosts on your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant pass, and only one time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only. You got to be 21 or older. Gambling problem 1 800 Gambler is the number. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self exclusion program. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, filling in for Danny Burke, a talented man, because he gets through those reads. Every day, I'm not fleet of tongue. All right, Major League Baseball. So we have games underway right now in Major League Baseball. Uh, but we have quite a few games that will get started. Shorter slate today. Some very good series starting tomorrow and for the weekend. We got a loaded card. Uh, but let's take a look at a very big series get it starting here because the Chicago White Sox find themselves as a contender in the American League and potentially the whole thing. It's a very good team of the Oakland Athletics as well. An extremely talented team, having a very great year in terms of their pitching staff, keeping them in a lot of this. And their their lineup's talented, too. I don't mean to denigrate anything with the Oakland Athletics. But I mentioned a team that has been scuffling against some of the better teams in Major League Baseball. The White Sox are that team. A team that is very well above 500, and yet 16-21 and record against teams that are plus 500 this season. That obviously includes this Oakland Athletics team in which they start a series with here today. Frankie Montas is on the hill opposing one Dallas Keuchel, and we have seen the market shift here uh, a little bit. The Chicago White Sox opened up as a $1.20 favorite, but the market has shifted in the direction of Oakland. Over at Bet Rivers now, you're talking about a price of about minus 110. And you can understand that. Oakland had their winning streak derailed. They lost two out of three against Texas over the weekend. But prior to that, they had won seven straight, and Frankie Montas has been absolutely dynamic this season. Was a little down in 2020, but figured some things out. Fangraphs had a a brilliant write-up on him this year and the fact that he has come back to his splitter quite a bit this season. And if you look across the board, he has been on one. If you're talking about a 249 ERA, 292 expected fielding independent for Montas over his last seven starts. Now, Oakland only four and three in those seven starts. It's because they're only averaging about 3.4 runs per game in those outings. But it's no fault of Montas, who has been absolutely fantastic. And his command, this is the biggest difference for Franco Montas this season as opposed to last. His command is back. Less than two and a half walks every nine innings. And since May 24th, Get this for Rankin Montas. He has had one start in which he has allowed more than three earned runs. That is since May 24th. The guy has been a model, a consistent pitcher for the Oakland Athletics. And it's why I think he's been power rated so high. I mean, think about this. This is the Chicago White Sox. White Sox are a relatively solid team, opening as a $1.20 favorite here, and yet find themselves as a short underdog at home. Now, part of it is the Oakland Athletics, the power rating, how well they have played. The other part is that they are starting Dallas Keuchel. And Keuchel has really not been great. If you look at Keuchel getting dinged by the Twins the last time out, six innings pitched, four earned runs, got taken deep once, four hits, four walks, and a strikeout. Yeah, one strikeout. And he's allowed 15 earned runs 
over his last four starts. In Oakland versus left-handed pitching, there are some numbers that aren't great, but there are some numbers that are really solid. The eighth-best lineup against left-handed pitching in terms of weighted runs created plus, and, of course, the ninth-best strikeout rate in Major League Baseball against left-handed pitching. So there are a lot of things working in the Oakland Athletics' favor in this matchup here, and it's pretty fascinating against a team like the Chicago White Sox, right? Just given the fact that this White Sox team has struggled as much as they have against winning teams, and they play in the division that they do. So don't know how much that is because, look, we're only talking about a five games under 500 against plus 500 competition, and plus 500 competition is really good competition. But as we head into the postseason, when you're regularly playing the Kansas City's, Cleveland's, right, Detroit's of the world, what is that like to get ready for then series after series, if you're potentially moving on, against Oakland's, against Houston's, right, against Boston, Tampa Bay, some really good clubs. So something to keep track of, but totally agree with the market move here. You can completely understand why it has moved in this direction, both because of Montas, because the A's, the way the A's have been playing, and because of the way that Dallas Keuchel has been playing. The guy can't strike out anybody. How about that? How about 15 on runs over his last four starts? It's been brutal for Keuchel. So uh, we tie this in because we also have another big series, of course, um, for an NL East team. The New York Mets are on the road taking on the San Francisco Giants, and the Mets find themselves in quite the predicament. Uh, at one point, get this, we're going to get the division overall. At one point, the Mets were over $4 to win this division, and they'll find themselves out of all the contenders for that division crown um, with the least, like the lowest odds to make the postseason. But again, we get that. I digress. $2.10 favorite. The San Francisco Giants are here, plus 180 coming back on the other end with Rich Hill taking on Kevin Gosman. And with Hill this season for the New York Mets, again, when you talk about like acquisitions and trying to bolster a weakness, because it is a weakness given the injuries that the Mets have, Rich Hill not really the greatest. On the season, a 405 ERA, 46 on the expected fielding independent. Strikeouts are about where they've been. He's just exactly what he is. The problem with Rich Hill is this year um, – a little bit worse in terms of the home runs than he was a year ago for the Minnesota Twins, and that's going to be a problem, right? I mean, this this version of Rich Hill has not really been great, and I think that's why you see this price the way it is, especially when you consider the fact that Gosman this season, for what he has been for the San Francisco Giants, has been absolutely fantastic against a lineup like the Mets, who have been struggling. But across the board, Gosman's been tight. 229 ERA, 341 expected fielding independent, 282 in terms of the walks. His biggest issue in the past has been home runs, but pitching in San Francisco has worked wonders for him. He's given up less than a home run every nine inning now, and he is power rated as well as the San Francisco Giants to the moon. And in a matchup like this against a lineup like this that has struggled, you can completely understand when you're talking about looking at this from the open, for the San Francisco Giants, somewhere in the range of $2 and as high as minus 230 in some spots for the Giants here against the New York Mets. But let's let's spin this out a little bit big picture-wise. I wanted to start in the American League West because we have these division races that are very, very intriguing. And I wanted to start in the American League West because this really caught your eye when you look at the odds to win this division, right? And via Bet Rivers, the Astros, very, very, very heavy favorites to win the American League West. $8.35 minus $8.35 to win the AL West. The Athletics, you're coming back with plus $3.50. And yes, there's three other teams in this division. But what's fascinating from this perspective is if you look at the remaining strength of schedule, because if I were to tell you, hey, the Astros, who are minus $8.35 to win this division, we have a two-and-a-half game lead over the Oakland Athletics with, by the way, a series left to play, too, in fact, against Oakland. It's a pretty big price tag. And remember, Alex Bregman still in this, uh, is not in the lineup consistently as well, right? He's been injured. Yuli Gurriel finally comes back over the weekend. But this is an Astros team that has had some injury concerns within the lineup. But I think that middle column that you're looking at right now 
that gives you the big difference between these two teams and why the Astros are such a heavy favorite, right? The remaining strength of schedule, according to Tankathon, 480 for the Houston Astros, the 28th hardest schedule in Major League Baseball. Meanwhile, the Athletics have the second hardest schedule left in baseball. Some of the toughest series for the Astros, they have a series left against San Diego. They have a set left against the Tampa Bay Rays. They have two sets against Oakland. But if you look at the Oakland Athletics and what they have left on the deck in terms of the Chicago White Sox, they have to take on twice. San Francisco Giants team that they have to meet another time, uh, right? The Houston Astros as well, two more times. This is the second hardest schedule in Major League Baseball as we move forward. And that doesn't include some of the others, right? We only have a limited amount of characters to show you what the athletics have coming up. Those are just some of what you would consider the harder opponents that you have in terms of series going forward here. You still have, of course, division matchups. You still have a series left against the Toronto Blue Jays if you're the Oakland Athletics. So there's a lot in this schedule that makes it one of the hardest ones in Major League Baseball. So while they're only two and a half games back, Completely makes sense in terms of where they're at and given the Astros schedule as they move forward. Now, the other division, of course, is the NL East. Really, really, really fascinating because over the weekend, guess who takes first place? It's not the Phillies. It's not the Mets. It is the Atlanta Braves who find themselves on top of this division after a stretch of games in which they have won 10 out of 12. And you look going forward, and all of a sudden, a Mets team who, again, was minus 420 in the middle of the season to win this thing is now 3-1. to one to win this division, has the fifth hardest schedule left in baseball. And we're talking about two series left against the San Francisco Giants. You have a series left against the Los Angeles Dodgers. It doesn't even factor in, right? Also a series left against the Milwaukee Bucks. The fact that your pitching staff is injured. The fact that when you look at the rest of the schedule, a three-game set left against the Yankees, a three-game set left against Philadelphia. You have a two-game set against Boston on your schedule too, and you wrap up the year against Atlanta This is a brutal schedule for the New York Mets who are banged up, a lineup that really hasn't found any consistency yet, and you can understand when we're looking at it, man, that sucks. So then as we move forward between the Braves and the Phillies, while the Phillies are plus 160 to win this division, they have the easiest schedule left in Major League Baseball. They do have to take on the Padres in a set. They have the Tampa Bay Rays. It's only two games. And then the Milwaukee Brewers after that. But when you're talking about plus 160, given a schedule in front of them for the Philadelphia Phillies that includes Arizona, not once, not twice, actually, no, twice, seven games left, I should put it that way, against the Arizona Diamondbacks left for the Philadelphia Phillies, right? The easiest schedule in baseball, guess what? They have a set left against the Chicago Cubs, the Colorado Rockies, the Baltimore Orioles, and the Pittsburgh Pirates. This Phillies team has the path made for them going forward if they're going to win this division. It is the easiest schedule left in baseball, and it's hard as you move forward finding a very big slip-up here for the Philadelphia Phillies. And it's not like the Braves have a monster of a schedule themselves, but if you're talking about handicapping this as we move forward and what you're expecting out of these two teams, I'd take my chances at plus 160 with the Philadelphia Phillies given what they have ahead of them in this schedule and given the path that, you know, look, the Braves as well. The Braves, we should be fair. When you look at their hardest schedules, their hardest remaining schedules, San Francisco twice, that is going to be two really hard series. They get the Dodgers and they get the Padres. But their schedule is also made up of series left against Colorado, four games set with Arizona. But they still have on their schedule too, two games with the New York Yankees. There's a lot left on this Braves schedule. That's why they're five games ahead, or excuse me, five ahead in terms of these remaining strength of schedule. So overall, while I like this Braves team, and they have turned things around, and the power is back. Guys like Dansby Swanson have woken up, and they're hitting balls out of the park, and the lineup is cracking left and right. I think if you're going forward for this teams, and if you're looking at the road to potentially winning a division, 
I think this Philadelphia Phillies team is obviously they're very live. They're only game back. I still think this is going to be their division to win. The Braves are hot right now. They're in first place. They're going to be favored. But if you're talking about who at the end of the day is going to win this thing, given the fact that they have the easiest schedule in Major League Baseball, I think there's an argument to be made that this should be a little bit closer of a split between the Braves and the Phillies as we move forward with the rest of the Major League Baseball schedule. So we'll see what the Phillies can do. And the Braves, this is a long season. We still have a lot left to play. When you're hot, you're going to find your way to the top. The Phillies are still playing some really solid baseball, and it sucks for the Mets. Uh, what you should know, too, if you like baseball reference, uh, go fire away because some of their odds in terms of uh, probability to make the postseason, uh, they're a little off. We'll just put you that. So if you find yourself respecting baseball reference, go check out those odds to make the postseason. Start firing away on some of those make the postseason odds. I'm just kidding. You can really be firing away. It's on your own model, right? Hey, it's been Rush Hour. Appreciate I'll be in all week. I'm Jonathan Von Tulpa filling in for game. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.